Well, good morning, church. It's great to be here with everyone. Uh, for those who don't know who I am, my name is Chris Steinke. I'm the Associate Pastor of Worship and Disciple here, Discipleship Pastor here, and I was that crazy guy playing the guitar there on stage. And it was just crazy this past week. Just hearing all those, I mean, you probably heard in the video how loud those kids were singing out. I was like having to like block my ears out trying to play the guitar at the same time because they were singing so loud, which was just awesome just to hear everyone singing of Jesus together, hear all the kids singing. That was just awesome. But this morning, we'll continue our series in the book of Proverbs. And since Proverbs is just a collection of sayings that can jump from one random idea to another, we're jumping through consistent themes that are found throughout the book of Proverbs. Today, we're talking about the, what the book of Proverbs have, has to say about friendship, but more so the influence of friendship. But before we jump into the sermon, let's open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your word that you have revealed to us. Lord, pray that you would speak to us today through the power of your Holy Spirit and that you would speak to our minds, and that you would speak to our ears, and speak to our hearts. We love you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, it is important that when we are talking about how we connect or we relate to others, and connecting with friends, it starts with how we connect with God. Because our relationship with God, our personal relationship with Jesus, that will directly impact everyone that is around us. This goes back to the verse that we talked about at the beginning of the Proverbs series, which is Proverbs 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And Proverbs 9.10 states, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. These verses draw us to our first point, which is... Oh, let's go back. Just kidding. All right. The first point is to be wise in how you walk. And as Dominic discussed in the first week of the series, this is not a, a trembling sort of fear, but that this is a healthy respect towards the Lord. Once we have a healthy respect for the Lord, that is where the beginning of knowledge starts. Knowledge and wisdom includes how we relate with others. It includes how we connect with others, right? As a church, we have our mission statement, which is connect with God. What's the next one? Connect with others. You guys got it. Connect with God and connect with others. There's a reason why they're in that order, because it is, it is important to know how you properly connect with God and how you connect with others. You have to, in order to properly connect with others, you have to properly connect with God and have a healthy understanding who the God of the Bible is. I understand that this is not the only way that it works, but it, it can be a, it's a, a symbiotic relationship, meaning that they both can benefit each other. My high school biology teacher would be so proud that I use that phrase, symbiotic relationship. But this symbiotic relationship means that they both benefit each other, connecting with God and connecting with others. An example of this is that 
I connect with God, I read more of the Bible and learn more about God and pray and talk to God on a consistent basis, that will change the way that I connect and interact with others. And then on the other side of the coin, I can connect with other believers and they will and they should point me back to God. We'll talk shortly about how important it is to find those right people to influence us. But first, it is critical to understand that our relationship with God will directly impact those who are around us. And when I'm saying connect with God at this moment, I'm talking more specifically about personal spiritual disciplines. So how can we best connect with God? Connecting with God is important, but how can we do this on a regular basis? Spiritual disciplines can help us to connect with God in meaningful ways. Spiritual disciplines can be inward, something that we do by ourselves with God, and they can also be outward-facing and done with others. And it's important for all of us to pray and take time to study the Word of God on a daily basis. It's also important for us to seek to serve others, to worship God in silence, solitude, and corporately, what we're doing here this morning, and just to celebrate God's faithfulness to us in the good times and in the bad times. It is so important to read scriptures daily and to pray, talk, and to listen to God daily. When we aren't actively involved with these disciplines, do you know who generally knows when we are not actively doing these things? God, yes. But it's those who are also closest to us that will know these things, right? It's spouse, family, close friends that will notice that something is off. And it is great to have these kind of people in our lives because they help point out these things in a loving way and point us back to God. A good question to ask these people, these close friends, are, have you noticed something is off with me? Have you noticed that I've been short recently? Have I been closed off? It is so important to have these kind of people within our lives, which leads us to our next point in finding these kind of people. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. This is a fantastic quote that I heard in a sermon by Craig Rochelle. He's the founding pastor of Life Church, which founded the YouVersion Bible app that most of us probably have on our phones right now. But this quote is practical, and it is rooted in Scripture that we will unpack through this section. First, I wanted to share a story from my childhood. I remember when I was in fourth grade. There was a new kid that moved into our area. He was put into our class. His name was Adrian. And for a couple months, we became friends, or over a couple months, we became friends, and we worked on school projects together. We had this one group project in our music class where we had to choreograph a dance and sing along to some music. So, of course, our group chose NSYNC's Tearing Up My Heart. It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you. There There was also dance music that went along with it. But, so, for, for those, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I had to do that. But, for those who are unfamiliar with NSYNC, they were the second greatest boy band of the 90s. Right? First place was the Backstreet Boys. 
Got some cheers there. Thank you. Yes. So we clearly rocked the presentation, that presentation. I can remember it vividly. But I remember that Adrian and I would spend time together as kids. But over a few months, he started, he started to spend more and more time with Nick. And Nick was frequently in detention. He was suspended from school probably around once a month. So this just gives you the frame of reference for a student, Nick. As Adrian started to befriend Nick, Adrian continued to spend more and more time with Nick. When I was sitting next to Adrian one day, the principal, of the, school, the principal of the school walked up to us, and he started talking to Adrian, and he told them, he told him, Adrian, I know that you're a great student, and I know that you're a great kid. But if you continue to hang out with Nick and his friends, you will end up getting in trouble. So these are one of the moments that stuck with me throughout my entire life just overhearing this conversation that the principal had with one of my friends. Who you spend your time with matters. Who you spend your time with influence, influences the person that you are, and it influences the person that you will become. Who you spend your time with matters. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. This is a biblical concept, and it matches along with Proverbs 13.20, which says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. I like what the NLT says. Walk with the wise and become wise, and associate with fools and get in trouble. I'm not sure if the principal was a Christian, but that was wise advice that the principal passed on to my friend. About a couple of months later, my friend moved an hour away, which is eternity for a fourth grader. So I ended up not talking to him again after that. Sad end to a story, but I learned that from a young age, who you spend your time with matters. The people that you spend time with influences the way that you think and behave. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. So think of your closest friends. These are the people you can call or text at 2 a.m. They might not pick up or respond if their phone is off, but they will call you back immediately. An interesting fact is that sociologists and leaders say that you are the average of your five closest friends in almost every area of your life. So think about your five closest friends that you have, and you'll be somewhere in the middle of that. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. So a very practical way of following this guidance is to think of your various friends that you have within your life. And think of them within concentric circles. They'll be on the screen shortly. And that this is a resource that I've found through various Christian resources, so it's not an original idea of mine. But it is extremely helpful with boundaries within relationships and friendships. And it's a helpful tool to help us find people to help us walk closer with Christ. So the first of the three circles is... Look at that fancy graphic. First, we have the inmost circle that is called the core. 
This group consists of three to five people, and these are the people that are closest to you. They are the people that you know, and they know you, and that you could speak truth into their life, and they can speak truth into your life. These are the people that you call at 2 a.m., and they can call you at 2 a.m. for help or needing something. These are the people that you trust. These are the people that, or the people that are in this category, if you are Christian, must be Christian. They must be followers of Jesus. As Proverbs states, walk with the wise and become wise. People who are not Christian, who are not followers of Jesus, do not have the same core values as someone who is a follower of Jesus. People who fall under this category of the core, if you are married, your spouse would be included in this category. This can include family members or friends, but I would suggest that you include one person in this category that is not a family member because it is important to include people in this circle that have a different family background than you because having someone with a different background is just a fantastic way to help you broaden your perspective on the Christian life. This is all building on the concept of last week of the importance of the family unit that we talked about. And the family unit is one of the primary ministries, but no family is perfect, perfect. And it is important that we have someone close in our life that will help to broaden our perspective on the Christian walk and the Christian life. Walk with the wise and become wise. The second circle is called the circle of influence. This is a larger group, probably around 10 to 20 people, and that they're influential in this life, and this group should predominantly be Christians if you're a Christian. And this is a group of people that will have some influence on you, and you will have some influence on them. These people will not be as influential as the core group of individuals, but there is some amount of influence within this category. Right? So if you're plugged into a Bible study, small group, or serving within a church, it could be a ministry team that you are serving along with. Or if you're at a workplace, this could be coworkers. These are people that will help shape who you are and will influence who you are, but not as much as the core people. This group should be predominantly followers of Jesus. And then last, we have the circle of care. This is the largest circle and it encompasses a lot of friends, but it also encompasses acquaintances as well. These are the people that you genuinely care for and love and that you would sacrifice for. And you would want them to see, you want to see them fully succeed within their lives. Influence on this circle is lower. It happens, but at a much, lever, much lesser level. This circle has Christians and non-Christians in this circle. And it is important to have non-Christians within this circle because it is our goal as believers in Jesus to see people connect with God and to connect others with God and to see them know Jesus Christ as their Savior. The reason I share these circles is because it is crucial to have wisdom in the relationships that you have. If you walk with the wise, you will become wise. And if you associate with fools, you will get in trouble. If you start to allow yourself to move people that are not followers of Jesus into your core group, it is a surefire way 
to slipping and falling back within your walk with Jesus. Unfortunately, I have seen this many times with people that I know, and I'm sure that you have seen people that you know that would fall into this. They're on fire for Jesus. They have other believers that they surround themselves with. They're strong in their faith. And then these people that should be in the care category move into the core group of people, right? So I can say that this happened to me in late middle school, early high school. I grew up with my parents bringing me to church. They always stressed the importance of having a relationship with Jesus. I was raised in a church that stressed the importance of having a relationship with Jesus and coming to know him as the Savior. So I received Jesus around sometime around fourth or fifth grade. And it was around late middle school and early high school that I started to hang out with these people that were not great influencers in my life. Right? They weren't crazy party people or bad lawbreakers or something in that category. But they were not Christians, and they were hostile towards Christianity, and they were antagonistic towards what I believed. So I saw these friends every single day during the summer, right? Always hanging out with them at their pool, playing video games together, having sleepovers, all the things that middle school kids do. But as I reflect on the experience, they quickly moved from that care category into the core category. And I started, and they started making me question why I went to church. They would constantly tell me I should not go to church. It was a waste of time. And why do I believe all that stupid stuff anyway? It led me down a path of getting into arguments with my parents about going to church, not wanting to go to youth group. And my parents told me that going to church was not optional and that I had to go to the church service. I didn't attend the youth group at that point yet. But it was this progression of consistently hanging out with this group of friends that pushed me further and further away from my relationship with Jesus. The lead pastor of the church kept bugging me to go to youth group every single time we were going to the church. It was like every single time we would leave the church, he'd find us at an exit and he would say, you guys going to youth group? You going to youth group? You and your brother, you going to youth group this Sunday? It's like we would purposefully try to find an exit of the church where he was not located. But somehow he had this like radar sense installed in him knowing what exit we were going out of. And he would bug us to go to youth group every single week. So what I call that is, what that's called is month, that was months and months of pastoral pestering. So... I decided that I want him to stop bugging us, so we decided to go to youth group. I went to one of the youth events that the church had, similar to what Pastor Phil does here with the Summit Youth Group events, and it was a blast. I got to know some of the students in the youth group, and I completely immersed myself within the youth group, and I started to get plugged into the, leader te- the leadership team that they had. I started to notice a difference within myself and being excited to go to church and excited to go to youth group. I still saw my other friends that were not good influencers, right? not as frequently, but I started to see things through a different lens, that it was okay to be different from them. They were still antagonistic towards me and my beliefs about Jesus, but whenever they would do it, I wouldn't question my beliefs. And as I reflected on it, 
I had a great core group of friends at the church and the youth group that helped me grow within my walk with Christ, and they would constantly point me to Jesus. And the other group of friends that were not great influencers moved out of that core group of people within my life, and they moved to the outer circles of influencers and care. So this might be something that you're going through right now. This is not age-specific, and it happens to anyone at any stage of life. So we have kids' ministries, youth ministries here. We have Bible studies and small groups. I would encourage you to start attending one. Please let me know if you have any interest, and I would love to get you connected with other believers that have a desire to see you grow within your walk with Jesus. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools, and you will get in trouble. God wants us to seek authentic and deep friendships because good friends point us back to God in the good times and in the bad times. Friendship is a gift from God and is a blessing. And then on the other hand, good friends help us grow. They will tell you things that you might not want to hear, and it might not be pleasant at, time, at times, but it is overall beneficial for you as a follower of Jesus. As Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Growing isn't always pleasant, but Proverbs 27, 5 through 6 says, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. If you have friends that you know and trust, and they are followers of Jesus and want to see you grow within your walk with Christ. If you hear something that they say and it hurts you, right? It isn't going to be pleasant. Listen to their advice and prayerfully consider it. Christian friends are also meant to encourage us, help us, pray for us, build us up to the people that God created us to be. So, there's someone in the Bible that did something similar to this, to the idea that we mentioned with the concentric circle of friends. You guys, who does, do you guys know who this person was? That's a Sunday school answer. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus had 12 disciples, but spent a lot of time with three of them. Do you know what the three closest disciples were? Who, who were they? Peter, James, and John. Who said that? Nice work. <laughs> You get a gold star for Sunday school. Well, this isn't Sunday school, but... But Jesus, he spent a lot of time with these three disciples. He spent a little less time with the rest of the 12 disciples. And there were a much larger group of disciples that, he was, follow that was following them around, and he genuinely cared for and had compassion for. But he did not spend as much time with them. Jesus also spent a lot of time with the Father and would go in solitude and pray, for him, pray by himself. So with that, Jesus was probably an introvert, which means that introverts are more holy. <laughs> Don't worry, if you're an extrovert, Jesus still loves you. I, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. I'm not biased as an introvert. But joking aside, this all shows the importance of having a relationship with God 
and also revealing the importance of the relationships and friendships that we have with people. And within friendships, it's important to not have the give me, give me, give me mentality. The Christian life is not just about receiving, but it is about giving and having sacrificial love. We should be asking our friends, how can I serve you and not be asking, what can you give me? When talking about sacrificial love, I'm reminded of 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. This leads us to our last point and having sacrificial love. Jesus, in the ultimate display of love, laid down his life for us. He took the penalty of our sins on the cross. His sacrifice took our sins on that cross. And through the sacrifice on the cross, we are forgiven of all the wrongs and all the sins that we have committed when we place our faith in him. And we place our trust in the sacrifice of Jesus and that whoever believes in Jesus and his sacrifice, we will have eternal life. And we, in the same way, should lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Greater love has no one than this, to lay, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Jesus said that in John chapter 15, 13. So we most likely are not going to be in a position that we are physically laying down our life for our friend. It might happen. But the larger concept of the idea is to put others before yourself. Do you know how to experience joy? Do you know the acronym for joy? Jesus, others, yourself. Nice. So, you put Jesus first, and then you put others next, and then you put yourself all after that. But with that, I also want to stress the importance of, of, of self-care, and that taking care of your own emotional health is critical, and people can burn themselves out quickly if they do not take care of their emotional health. Emotional and spiritual health go hand in hand, and they are not exclusive, and they are not separate. So the analogy I think of is that when you're on an airplane and the flight attendants are explaining to you what to do if the cabin loses pressure and the oxygen masks come down, the first thing that they tell you to do is to do what? Yeah, put on your own oxygen mask first before you help others. And why do they tell you to do this? Because you will run out of oxygen if you do not have your own oxygen mask on. I've been doing pastoral work for about 10 years now, and I've just seen pastors and just volunteer vol uh, ministry leaders just get burnt out because they're not doing, or because they're not putting their own oxygen mask on first. They're doing an excellent job of being sacrificial, but operating at a certain pace without an oxygen mask. Uh, their body will lose oxygen at a quick pace, and that operating, with having, operating without having a strong spiritual or emotional health can only last for some, so long before a burnout will come in. You could only last so long without the oxygen masks. And if you are looking to run the marathon of the Christian race, 
Putting Jesus first in that acronym is absolutely key. And the spiritual and emotional health component is included with that. So how do you do that? How do you know that Jesus is first? It's a big question. But it's going back to the first point of being wise in how you walk. Connecting with God and practicing spiritual disciplines. That is how you are fully able to live out sacrificial love towards others and the church. That's assisting others when they are in need through more informal means, whether that means giving someone a quick car ride to somewhere, listening to someone share problems that they're facing, or it could be more in a formalized means or a ministry, like serving somewhere in the church. There are certain areas that God has gifted us in and given us passions for, and it is important to discern what those areas are. When I'm looking for volunteer positions and I'm recruiting for specific roles, I ask people like if they're specific, if they're interested in a specific role, whether it be tech, music, or helping as a greeter or any other area. When people say yes to me and they're excited to help out in a specific area, it is such a joy for me to see people plugged into a specific area where God has gifted them in. And if they respond no and are serving in another area that they're interested in or plan to serve in another area that they're interested in, I'm honestly excited that they say no. I'm not weird or I'm not trying to exclude anyone, but when people are serving in their God-gifted gifts in an area that they are passionate about and skilled in, whether that be in your workplace or whether that be here volunteering at the church, for me, it is one of the most exciting things to see. So, in closing today's sermon, it is important for us to have a strong relationship with God, which that will help our relationship with others, with friends, and that is particularly important to and that it is particularly important to walk with wise people. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. We do have influence with others, and we need to help utilize that influence in a way that helps us to promote the spread, uh, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's by laying down our lives and displaying that same sacrificial love that Christ showed us on the cross. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, for your word and the gift of friendships. We pray that you will continually help us grow closer with you, continue to deepen our friendship with other believers in our lives, and that you would help us to practice sacrificial love within our lives. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins with your sacrifice for us on the cross, and we thank you for the new life we receive in you through your resurrection. We love you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. Amen.